0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to Full Measure After Hours. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the great political divide that seems to have been drawn during the coronavirus pandemic and the response to it, I think there's a bit of an awakening of sorts. In some cases, this awakening separates right from left politically, but sometimes it's where left meets right. It has to do with liberty and double standards. Not since the September 11, 2001 Islamic extremist terrorist attacks Has our society been so severely tested in terms of some important questions? How far we believe our government must go, can go, should go, or dares to go, when it comes to controlling us for our own good? Now, these questions were asked in context of the Patriot Act after 9-11 and efforts to really crack down on terrorism that may have infringed upon our rights, at least a little bit in the beginning. But people were concerned about the slippery slope that by giving additional power to intel agencies and government that maybe down the road would be abused for political purposes maybe it wouldn't just be used to find terrorists well a persistent problem when it comes to putting things in the hands of the government which really wants us to believe whatever they say or want us to do at a given point in time a persistent problem is the public's recognition that as the government takes action It is neither omniscient nor always benevolent. It doesn't always know what's best. Yet the government seizes the authority to command us, to act upon its beliefs and misconceptions alike, to impose solutions and controls, whether we like it or not, whether they are right or wrong. All of this was neatly encapsulated in the outrageous case of the Texas hair salon owner I'm sure you've probably heard about by now. She's out of jail now, but originally was sentenced to a week behind bars and given a $7,000 fine for doing something that was considered an inalienable right just a few short months ago, operating her hair salon business. I'm old enough to remember when working hard, feeding your family, and employing others was aspirational, but in the age of coronavirus and the government's wisdom and its ability to tell us what to do and enforce it, doing these simple things can be made into a serious crime. So how serious of a crime was it for this woman to operate her hair salon business? By the way, she says that they took safety measures to try to do it in the safest way possible and in a way that protected both the employees who wanted to be there working, she says, and the people who wanted to have their hair worked on. Anyway, apparently this act was more serious than the acts committed by thousands who've been released from prisons and jails because of coronavirus fears, thousands of people like the man accused of killing a girl in a hit-and-run, he was released, thieves, people convicted of assault and sexual crimes, a man who allegedly set his girlfriend's door on fire and choked her mother, he was set free, and a prisoner even accused of assaulting a homeless services officer set free. Jails considered too harmful to these people because of the exposure to coronavirus. But Dallas Judge Eric Moy sentenced salon owner Shelley Luther to a week in jail where she'd be at elevated risk of contracting the coronavirus because she refused to apologize for being selfish, in his words, by opening and operating a salon in violation of state orders. Now she, for her part, insisted to the judge, it's not selfish to want to feed her children and to want to make sure that her employees were not going hungry. All of that is sort of noise because we all know her punishment isn't really about selfishness or safety. It's about her defiance, her brazen failure to adhere to what the government said to do, her civil disobedience. As word of this salon owner's case and others like it makes the round on the news and social media, I think it begs further comparisons. I mean, this small business owner was thrown in the clink in a matter of days, While government officials who got caught betraying the public trust, abusing their authority, engaging in corrupt acts, they go unpunished year after year. Criminal referrals over really big things are turned away or ignored when the alleged offenders are certain important or connected people. For example, the Justice Department Inspector General, one originally appointed by President Obama, referred former FBI Director James Comey for possible criminal prosecution for leaking memos and mishandling classified information in an effort to harm President Trump. Pretty serious. What's the outcome? Well, the Justice Department declines to prosecute because they say Comey didn't mean to violate the law. Another example when we come back. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back talking about how the little guy seems to get it stuck to them when very important people and powerful people are not seemingly held to the same standards. An FBI attorney allegedly doctored a document to get an improper wiretap against an innocent U.S. citizen, Carter Page, who had been affiliated with the Trump campaign. This was back in 2016. An FBI attorney, this is what I said, doctored a document, according to the inspector general, to get a wiretap against an innocent U.S. citizen connected to the Trump campaign. What's the outcome of that? Well, four years later, six months after the alleged corruption was revealed by an inspector general, crickets. Another one, former Trump National Security Advisor, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, he allegedly lied to FBI agents in early 2017 after President Trump was elected. And the book got thrown at him. But a supervisor on his case, this very case, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, he gets caught lying to FBI agents about a leak, and he escapes prosecution. Not only that, documents that were kept hidden for more than three years indicate that FBI agents conspired to set up Flynn in advance, the Trump National Security Advisor. And prosecutors allegedly threatened to go after Flynn's son if Flynn didn't plead guilty to lying. Here's another one. The FBI erases crucial text messages amid investigations about agents' misbehavior in all of this. And those missing text messages, well, that's quickly chalked up to a glitch. In fact, the FBI claims as good as they are, as smart of people who work there in technology, the FBI says it cannot recover these text messages, but somehow the Inspector General does recover a lot of them, and they were very important messages that revealed really bad things that were going on inside the FBI on the part of some top agents. Still, all of that in the end is chalked up to an honest mistake. Important phone records that could expose FBI misconduct, again, related to all of this, well, they got deleted by Special Counsel Robert Mueller's team, but that was dismissed as a technical glitch and an oversight. More FBI misconduct is flagged regarding multiple wiretaps of U.S. citizens that should never have happened, that were done improperly, without the proper paperwork and premise, but the official reaction seems to be, so what? Likewise, going back to the coronavirus lockdown, come stories of political figures restricting the public while sneaking out and defying their own rules to maybe walk in the park, get a haircut, or visit a mistress. The irony there, the salon owner being put in jail for opening a salon, but another public official who has ordered everybody to stay inside, she thinks it's okay to go out and get a haircut because she's special. They're laying down the hammer on the rest of us while exempting themselves. It's all part of the same pathology. And then our court system, which surely was once envisioned as the great equalizer in America between the powerful and the powerless is too often what the Texas salon owner discovered, a place where common sense and proportionality are tossed aside, where the law is used in a power play to slap down those gone awry of the influential. Some courts, it seems, serve to punish us and bleed us dry of our resources for having dared to challenge the status quo or authority. To many Americans, some of the government responses to coronavirus are proving their worst fears about what our society and republic have become, a place where there are two systems of justice. Some of you have asked for written transcripts of these podcasts, which I don't have at this time, but there is a shorter version of the topic of this podcast in my article at The Hill, thehill.com, and it is entitled, Do As I Say, Not As I Do, Virus Exposes Two Standards of Justice. That's at The Hill. If you're interested in topics like this, I know you will love my new book, which you can pre-order now. It'll be in in time for Christmas. It'll actually come out late November. It's called Slanted, How the News Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. This topic's becoming, I think, more and more important every day, every week. So thanks for listening, everybody, and catch Full Measure this week. We have a fascinating story on the ethics of human research done Or allegedly done in a Louisiana prison. The people in charge of the research say it was not an experiment, but there are ethicists who disagree. You'll hear both sides on full measure. We will also be talking to James Rosen. He's joining us. That's always great. He's going to profile an American scientist who was out there front and center pretty early on uh, defending China or saying China had handled the coronavirus outbreak well, when clearly we now know that wasn't the case. And it turns out, As James Rosen found, this American scientist has some interesting contacts of his own that may help explain why he was defending China. And then I will also interview Senator Tim Scott, who had the idea for something called Opportunity Zones that could play a role in helping us recover from this economic disaster uh, from coronavirus and the shutdown. Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe to Full Measure After Hours and the Cheryl Atkinson podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts and check out Full Measure. If you miss the program on TV, you can watch replays anytime at fullmeasure.news. We usually post the day segments mm, shortly after noon Eastern time on Sundays. You can binge watch off-narrative, fascinating, I think really well-done cover stories from past full measures by going to cherylackison.com and click the full measure tab and you'll see a link that says full measure cover stories. If you feel like you've been missing news, real news covered in an unbiased way that just gets to the heart of what's going on without trying to shove a viewpoint down your throat, well you can find that right there at cherylackison.com under the full measure tab. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.